So it's such a privilege to be here, you know, to see all of you. You know, I thank Pastor Dan for, you know, inviting me, you know. And um, I remember the only difference, you know, since the last time I preached is I, I gained like 20 pounds, you know. <laughs> you know, with all the weather changes, it became 100 for so long. I used to run. Then, you know, the weather messed me up, the smoke. But I'm not playing a victim. So, you know, so as they say, victims don't recover. I'm not playing a victim. So as soon as it goes back to 70s and 60s, I may start running again. Amen? Amen. So, so I, uh, I, got, I got a prophetic word when I was seated, you know, from Tina. I don't know where Tina is. Oh, yeah. And he told me what the Lord said. He said, you know, I should speak whatever he tells me. So buckle up. Amen? <laughs> and, okay, so, okay, so let us pray. You know, dear Heavenly Father, you know, we thank you for this time. Thank you for waking us up, you know, giving us opportunity for this day to enjoy your mercies, your love, Lord. We thank you for such being a faithful father, for watching over us in spite of everything that is going on this world, Lord. We thank you for your protection. Um, Father, through your word, may you speak to us, reveal anything that is hidden in our hearts that needs to be revealed. May you heal us through your word, restore us, deliver us through your word, Lord. Um, Lord, we ask, you know, for you to reveal anything in us that is not of you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I was, um, uh, yesterday as I was praying, you know, I, um, I, I was reminded of something, you know, and I saw the Lord coming and sitting amongst us and just listening, you know, and that reminded me of something. You know, when we come together, you know, where two or more are gathered in my name, so I am there with them. You know, so when we're gathering and worshiping, you know, the Lord shows up. You know, he says he inhabits the praises of our, his people, you know. So, and he, he does show up. So when he shows up, what are we doing when worship is going, when praises is going? Are we sleeping? Are we texting? Are we, you know, because he's passing by. And some of you seers should tell us when the Lord is passing by. So some of us should wake up. You know what I mean? Because he does pass by and he sees. And if you are not receiving, we might miss what he had for this day for us. So it's very important to always be, you know, sensitive when he's passing by. There was one time two years ago, I was over there. And I was praising God. Then I saw an angel before me. And he was like, had golden plates or coins, and he gave them to me. And, you know, I was like, why don't you give me more? And he gave them. <laughs> you know, then later I learned about their prosperity angels. I was like, wow. So that's, he gave me something in my life. And since two or three years, my financial trajectory has been going up. When we gather together, God sends his angels. He sends, even he comes himself for healing, healing angels. He's doing a lot of things. So it's up to us to be attentive 
during service. Amen? So, uh, today, God, I think he wants to stretch us a little bit. So, uh, we're going to be stretched. He's been stretching me. But, um, first of all, I want you to see this verse. Malachi 1, 11, 14. I don't know if you have that. You know, this is why we have to be obedient to the Lord. You know, my name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, in, uh, in every place incense and pure offerings be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. For Jesus says, I am a great king, says the Lord, and my name is to be feared among the nations. God wants his name to be feared and respected. And how we do that is by obedience, you know, and reverence. Amen? Because he is a great king. He is the king of kings. So um, as we are, uh, Pastor Dan has been preaching about the cross and, and what, you know, came to mind was covenants. And I put one of my favorite sh uh, shots, you know, like the cross. The cross, it is the greatest altar. God does everything. There are altars and covenants throughout scriptures. Yeah. And God does everything with covenants. And where there are covenants, there are altars. You know, there are good altars and there are bad altars, but we'll not get into that. But the good altar, the greatest altar, it is the cross. And and, and where the altars are, there are sacrifices. In the Old Testament, there used to be sheep, you know, sacrifices of different offerings, you know. But in the New Testament, God himself died. So that is the greatest altar, the greatest covenant. Amen. So if, if you look at the world, every religion has an altar and offering. You know, even if you see Satanist witches, they create altars. They, there's a principle of altars. This is an altar. So when we praise God, he says what? Altars what? The angels come down. His presence comes down because the altars connects us to heaven, you know, good or bad. So it's very important uh, to have altars in our houses. We can create altars of praise of prayer, we are also mobile altars because we have the presence of God inside of us. So wherever we are, uh, we are an altar of God, you know. So, but today we wanna, I want to concentrate about covenants. The word covenants means, I don't know, means the coming together. It's where two parties come together to make a contract. A contract, promises, responsibilities. Covenants are relationship, you know. And we'll talk about there are good covenants we have and there are bad covenants we can have. Bad agreements or good agreements. A covenant that is made in physical realm is as strong as one in the spiritual realm. So let's look at a couple of covenants we can have. Like a marriage, a marriage is a covenant 
between man and woman, right? You say, yeah, I'm going to love my wife till death do us apart, you know, for better, for worse, in sickness. Covenants are enforced by or come to be by words. So that's why even the, the scriptures say we need to be careful about words, you know, because how do we enter into the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven? Jesus, we, we proclaim, we, 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 Jesus, come into my heart, you know, wash me, cleanse me, you know, forgive me all my sins. So that's how we enter into that covenant, you know. Um, so there are covenants you can enter into by your words. And they will speak for you for a long time. You know, that's why I got, there are some things that are fighting. We'll get to that. The covenant of God as Christians. And that's what, you know, bottom line. And, and the covenants which, which are hidden. So, um, another covenant we can look into, it's like a, let me say like a car contract, you know, covenants are specific, like a car, you know, a car contract will say what, you buy this car, you're going to pay this and this for three years, you know, you know uh, if you buy a house, every covenant God has for the scripture has specifics yeah. uh, in nature, you know, if you want to understand why God is called God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you have to look at the covenants he had with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, covenants of prosperity, covenants of blessing. If you want to check, uh, uh, if you want to study covenants of wealth, we study who? God of Solomon. You look at the covenant he had with Solomon of wealth, you know. If you want to see uh, God of Elijah, you look at the, you look at the covenant that God had with Elijah, you know. So we can invoke, this, these are spiritual pathways we can invoke. So when uh, we are doing like healing and praying for, for restoration, you can ask God of Moses, you know. So that nature of God, the God who led Moses throughout the desert and parted the Red Sea, that power of God will start to manifest into your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. So uh, let's look at Genesis 15:5. You know how covenants are specific. You know, this was a specific covenant that God gave Abraham. You know, and, and say, look up at the sky uh, and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, so shall be your offspring. This is a covenant He had with them. God respects covenant. God is a God of covenants. Good or bad, he'll respect them. When the devil, the devil, how he rebelled with the third of the angels, they had a covenant, an alliance to rebel against God in heaven. And God respected that, but he had to kick them out. There are consequences to covenants. Amen. So, as I said about, you know, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if God did that to Moses, he can do it to us. If he did it to Elijah, he can do it to me. If he blessed Solomon with wealth, he can do it for me. 
Because the Bible says in Romans 2.11, God does not show favorism. You know, he loves us. We are his children. Amen? So if he did it for Isaiah, Ezekiel, if he did it for David, if he did it for all of these people, if he did it for Jesus, he can do it for us too because we are his children. You know, if he heal them with their diseases and sickness, he can do it to us because God is not a respecter of persons. Amen? That point, you know, covenants are generational. You know, covenants, they speak for generations. You know, in Galatians 3.29, he says, Now that you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So there is a covenant he had with Abraham that he's still speaking throughout Jesus and he's still speaking towards us. So whatever, so this covenant of blessing, restoration, uh, covenants of uh, health, covenants of eternal life, all these covenants are ours. Uh, we can have covenants over regions, covenants over different countries, you know, covenants of, um, let's take, you know, I don't want to be political, but if you look at which covenants are operating over America, which altars, you'll see what? The one is the abortion. You know, there's a covenant that wa- that one speaks to, you know, there are different covenants you know, covenant that speak into a country, you, you, you know, so without getting it too complicated. Fourth point, covenants or agreements, this is very important, can be made in dreams or visions. When you are sleeping, you can have or make a covenant, good or bad, and it can be consequential. You know, let's look at Acts 10, 9, 16. Peter had a vision. Uh, Afternoon, you know, the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went to the roof to pray. And uh, next, he became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance, a vision. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet sheet being let down to earth by its corners and it contained all of the four-footed animal as well as reptiles and bird the voice told him get get up peter kill and eat surely not lord i have never eaten anything impure or unclean so god gave him a a vision and he, and he wanted him to agree with that vision that he gave. It was a vision to go and preach to the Gentiles, you know. So sometimes in our, in our dreams or vision, God can give you a vision you need to agree upon. But the enemy is also an enemy of, you know, is an, also an angel of light. He can come and give you a vision and if you agree on that vision, you'll make a covenant with him. And, and whatever you make, it's going to be realized on this earth. So some of you who have like nightmares or, you know, bad dreams, when you wake up, 
you need to take the body and blood of Jesus Christ and break off whatever, the, whatever covenants that are operating in your dreams. What, dreams are like a connection point to the spiritual and physical realm. You know, so do not ignore dreams. You ignore dreams you, to your detriment. Because throughout scripture, God spoke to people through dreams. And dreams are the way the enemy has made sure we make so many covenants. And the next way we wake up so sick, you wonder where did that sickness come from? You know, so be careful about your dreams. Amen. Yeah, I told her God's gonna stretch us. Amen. Amen. So, so um, covenants they also speak. You know, uh, like the blood of Jesus is speaking, right? So covenants they speak. The blood of Jesus speaks restoration, healing, deliverance. You know, they are sons of God. Let's look at John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is a form of a covenant that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world, but through his word they should be saved. You can see some conditions. You know, as I saw, this is the greatest covenant. Um, You know, for the whole world. The other covenants were more specific. The Old Testament was more geared to the Jews, but this one is for the whole world, you know, so it has a greater uh, implications. And every covenant, there are consequences. So if they do not follow uh, this covenant, what does it, um, uh, it says in um, John 18, who believes in him will not be condemned. But who does not believe in him is condemned already. There are consequences to covenants when we follow or do not follow. Amen? So some people will go to hell because of rejecting this covenant of God. Amen? So so I remember, you know, uh, one time I I saw in the news... In the news, you know, unfortunately, the children of the darkness know more about the spiritual realms than we do. And I saw them going into Salem in Oregon, you know, Satanists and creating altars and, cre- and praying over that place. And, and what we need to do is what actually uh, Andrew was saying. What we need, children, when, when the enemy goes and creates and prays, you know, and, and creates altars where the enemy, Satan, can descend over region, over areas. As you said, you know, we also can create an altar by what? Praising God, you know, praising God, worshiping God, so his presence can come and destroy whatever darkness is in this, you know, is in this area. But, uh, like, we can ask God, which are the covenants that are operating over Medford? You know, because some are regional covenants, you know, that are, you know, that are interfering with this place, amen, or United States. And God will show you. God says, if we ask, we'll receive. If we seek, we will find. But uh, you, the more we, I found, the more I ask God for hidden secrets, the more he reveals them. The less I ask, the more he's like, 
the more I ask God, God, give me the secrets to my problem. Show me the secrets to my problem. You know, I, I don't want to be personal. And, you know, I was, you know, me and my wife, we are struggling to, 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 you know, to have children. And I asked God, show me the secrets. And you know what? He took me generationally. It was a generational problem. And I was shocked, you know. So that's why when I say covenants, you do not know what is operating behind the scene. Amen? Because God, he says, we are his children. Amen? So how does a father operate with his children? Amen? It's through love. It's joy. He wants to give them the best. You know, children come from God. God wants to bless us. So if certain things are not happening in your life, ask God what is going on. Show, Show me the secrets you know, of these problems. Amen? So, so um, Deuteronomy 29 to 27, uh, that one was more of the consequences of uh, uh, not following covenants. And why are covenants so important to God? Let's go to Genesis 1.27, if you have that one. 127. This is why they are very, it is so. For God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created the male and women. Male and female, he created them. Then he blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea. Dominion is the key word, over the birds of the air and over every living thing. As you're talking about the importance of, you'll understand, uh, Genesis is where it begins, as uh, he was was sharing, dominion. God wanted man to be like gods on this earth, you know, to rule with authority. So it's like God, he he wanted, uh, he does not interfere, he wanted man to do everything on this earth. He does not interfere in their business, you know, because he gave them to be like gods. You know, dominion is, means authority. Then we know that was reversed, you know. So before God does anything with man, he made sure what? Before he does things on earth, he made sure he has to do it with a man. Because that's how he limited himself, you know. If God wants to change, like I say, White House, he has to go look for a man he can put in to the White House. If God wants to revoke Roe versus Wade, God has to go look for Supreme Court justices to come and fill and change people's heart because that's how he decreed. He's going to do things on this earth with men. He doesn't do things uh, apart from man. So when, when, and if, if you understand this thing about God, then you'll start to understand why he does things the way he, do, he, he does. In Amos 3, 7, he says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. He has to reveal to his prophets. The prophets may be in Africa, they may be in Europe, they may be in Asia. Sometimes you do not know, but he has to reveal. And, and, and going back, before God destroyed the world, in the book of Noah, he had to go and tell Noah, 
you know, this is what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Uh, and he told him, build the ark. Before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he had to go to Abraham and tell him, you know, before Jesus came, guess what? God had to go and speak prophecy to people, to Isaiah, and tell them, hey, uh, you know, I'm coming soon. You know, because God has decreed that. And the enemy has taken advantage because they know God has chosen man, you know, to do all his things. And that's why God do, does things with covenants. Covenants gives him permission to enter and do things in our lives, you know. When we pray, we are creating agreements and covenants with him so he can da- do something uh, uh, in our lives. So when we don't pray, we lock up, you know, uh, uh, we limit God from doing some things. Uh, that's why it says pray continuously. God wants us to be released uh, to do uh, what he needs to do. Amen. So multiple covenants can operate in someone's life. The way you can have car loans, um, um, uh, house payments or house, uh, you know, all these bills, you have contracts. There also can be spiritual covenants, can, can be speaking. The greatest one can be, but there are some which can be speaking in our bodies, in our flesh. So you can have like a covenant of, um, okay, yeah, okay, like um, you can be, so much in agreement with your illness that when the covenant of healing, God wants to come and do healing, guess what? Because you're in so much in agreement with your healing, we can be so in agreement with our diseases, I mean, that we know more about that disease than what God says in his scripture. Amen? And that creates a covenant, an agreement. So when God wants to come to heal, he says, hey, this person, this is mine. You've already taken ownership of that, you know, situation. We've already formed identities with that problem, that disease, and that create agreements. So those ones are binding. You know, the, 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 the Bible says when, you know, if you agree on something on earth, it does not say it's only good. It's only bad. also bad thing. If you can agree on something bad, and it shall be established. You know, if a doctor tells you you have six months to live, if you agree with him, you know, that is a binding contract. You know, first check with Jesus. You know, <laughs> you know there's, oh, the doctor says I have six months. Oh. Because I know a lot of people who are like, oh, the doctor gave me six months, or six, but I'm here after years. So it means, it also means we can also die before our time, yeah, you know. So, so always be, be careful with these agreements we follow, you know. And um, agreements with fear. God says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. But we can be so much, we use fear as a motivator. Oh, I fear this. I fear that. I fear that. That means what? Fear is talking and you're in agreement with fear. So in in the spiritual realm, fear calls on to other things. 
You know what I mean? So fear is the doorkeeper. Because you have an agreement, a covenant with fear, and you like it so much, fear will open doors for maybe cancer to come in. You know? So when we pray for people sometimes with cancer, we look at the doors, which one? And sometimes it's cancer. That, oh, I mean, sometimes it's fear that opened the door. You know? Um, so... Actually, that will take me straight to my conclusion in Ecclesiastic. Uh, in, yeah, that's a whole uh, hard pronunciation. Ecclesiastes 10.8. You know, you know, I should tell them, you know, I have a, you know, I have a, a, a master's degree. They need to give me a refund. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, you know, if you can't no, pronounce that, why did I do all that, you know? <laughs> yeah, amen. So, okay, what does it say? Who digs a pit will fall in onto it, into it, and whoever breaks through a wall uh, will be beaten by a serpent. Uh, the hedge they're talking about, please keep this up, God is a protector. He keeps hedges. Like Psalm 91, he envelops us, you know, with his wings, you know. But the hedge can be broken in different ways. You know, you can, you can like fall away from that protection. Covenants, agreements, are the, where these are the doors that the enemy can enter through the hedge of protection. The other one, God himself can take away the hedge. Like, you know, the book of Job, he took away to test his faith. He can take away that protection and the enemy can enter to test our faith. Disobedience, you know, and rebelliousness, you can find yourself on the other side of the hedge of protection and you get in trouble. It's like Jesus says, you know, the sheep follow the shepherd, right? So, but if you are the sheep, you're not following the shepherd, you're, you know, we are all over the other place. Wild animals might have a good, you know, time with that sheep. You know, so there are spiritual hedges that we, we can take down through our sinful nature. And Pastor Steve Philo preached about repentance. That is now, that is how you solve all of these things. I've just, it's just repentance, repentance. God forgive me, God forgive me for my agreements with fear, my agreements with rebelliousness and pride. You know, once you repent, boom, you know, the enemy, you close that door. You know, the enemy cannot come into, you know. So, so people get into covenants through, uh, you know, by their choices, you know, and there can be physical prisons, there can be spiritual prisons. The way you have physical prisons on this earth, you can have spiritual prisons. That's why Jesus came to set the captives free. You know, um, some breakthroughs will refuse to materialize until certain covenants are broken. Sometimes if you are a Christian, just praying and praying, and how can you know there's a covenant operating now? I'm running out of time. How can you know you, there's a covenant operating in your family? You can say, this runs in my family. If this runs generationally, covenants run generationally. 
You know what I mean? That are the first thing you have to guard is their covenant. My dad, great-grandfather had cancer. This one had cancer. This one, the only thing that will happen is covenants. That is the power of covenants. And God respects covenants. Amen. Until you close that covenant and how you close it, I, I revoke any covenants that are operating in my life. You know, in Jesus' name. As simple as that. So, as simple as that. So, let us take a moment of silence and let us ask God if there's any hidden covenants, any agreements, even we can have covenants, agreements with lies. You know, guys, so, uh, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worth enough. I'm not, and this creates a broken hedge to God's protection. So, Lord, reveal to us if there's any covenants, uh, lies, agreement we've made with the enemy, knowing or unknowing, that is making our walk with you difficult in the name of Jesus, that is making um, uh, us not receive the grace and the power. Show us the secrets to our problems, Lord. Show us the solutions to our problems, Lord. Let's take a moment. And the God will give you maybe a vision. You may see someone. You may see a word. You may see, you know, God is always speaking. He's always speaking. Father, reveal to us whatever is hidden in our lives that is fighting your covenant of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Did anyone... Did the Lord reveal anything to anyone? You, huh? Oh, okay, all right, amen. So, and this is what you pray a couple of times till you get your solution. So, but, but the rest of you, I like to decree and declare. Would you allow, uh, would you repeat after me before I finish? Oh, Jesus. If there are any hidden covenants in my life, I want them to be revoked in Jesus' name. Let the blood of Jesus speak into my family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, have a nice day. Let's stand up. Yeah. And this, this message, we can be asking God when we spend time with God in prayer. We can ask God, you know, is there anything? Anything else you want to show me? Because the power of the blood covenant of Jesus Christ breaks all of the enemy's covenants. And we, we declare words of agreement with God's covenant. And that breaks off the power of the of the. Of this of Satan, Satan's covenant, and you know it's clear in Romans uh, chapter ten. And I want to speak just for a moment. Um, give some, anyone a chance to to embrace the covenant that Jesus made with the Father. The Father and Jesus made a blood covenant. Jesus says, "I." Father, you fulfill your end of the covenant by giving people heaven. 
I will fulfill their end of the covenant by being perfectly obedient all the way to the point of death. So God fulfilled his, the Father filled his part of the covenant, and Jesus fulfilled our part of the covenant. <laughs> you know what that leaves you to do? Be happy <laughs> and grateful. And Romans 10 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. So our words agree. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So if you've not established the born-again covenant, the born of, your, of the Spirit of God covenant, born from above, born of God covenant, by that declaration, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. If you're at home today listening in, do this right now if you've not done it before. And if you have done it before and you're backslid, you fall away from God, then reestablish, redig the wells of this covenant right now. Say, everybody say this after me. I call upon you to save me. I confess you as my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. I believe the Father raised you from the dead. I repent of my sins. I turn to you, Jesus, and receive the gift of eternal life. The blood covenant of Jesus right now. Amen. Now, my friends, the main thing you need to do is to confess that covenant that you just made, that you embraced, that you received by, um, by sharing what you did with a friend, a Christian friend you respect. They will help disciple you into ever-increasing levels of joy unspeakable and full of glory discipleship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And everybody, so glad you're here today. May God's uh, favor be with you in all that you do, all that you are. Stay supernaturally happy, okay, and peaceful. You're part of the king's kingdom. God bless you. We love you. God loves you. Don't forget it.